0: Allah
1: You're listening to the Deanspiration podcast. You're on the go source of spiritual pick-me-ups, inspirational reminders, and more, featuring special guests from around the world. Don't forget to visit deanspiration.com where you'll find lots of high value, easy-to-implement tips, tricks and tools for your Dean. With free downloads, video content blogs, and more. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And welcome to episode four of the Inspiration podcast, which just so happens to be the fourth and final episode in the four-part short series. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Osman, your host for today and man, am I excited. Guys, we've got six special guests on the show today, alhamdulillah. Yes, not one or two, but six guests in this one episode. So you're in for a really amazing treat inshallah. Now for those of you who've been tuned in since episode one, you'll know that we've been covering some really easy to implement yet effective tips to help us better focus in prayer and connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, to attain that wonderful feeling of khushur or tranquility and, and calmness and serenity and connection to Allah in the prayer. So in episode 1, we covered what to do before the prayer begins to help attain khushur, i.e. the preparation that goes into it. And in episode 2, we had some awesome tips for what to do when you've actually now started to pray and inside the prayer. And in the last episode, episode 3, we touched on how to keep that feeling, the hype, the buzz of khushur going after the prayer is over and to keep connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you haven't listened to those, go ahead and check them out too, inshallah, by scrolling back through iTunes or Stitcher, SoundCloud, or even the, um, the website. If you're on deinspiration.com forward slash podcast, you can use the podcast player or wherever else you're listening to this from, inshallah, to check them out and get some context on what we're talking about today as well. Now if you've downloaded our free thirty top tips for attaining khushur in prayer ebook, which you can get by the way, completely free, at deanspiration.com slash tips for prayer. You remember that there was a bonus section at the end which was completely written by some special influential guests from around the world and as I said I'm so pleased alhamdulillah to have six of those guests here on today's show. So what does this bonus episode and the bonus section in the ebook actually cover? Well Like I said before, we had tips on what to do before, during and after the prayer and they're general, you know, they apply to everyone who's reading it. But in the bonus section there's chapters that are actually written and aimed towards specific types of Muslims because they each have unique challenges when it comes to focusing on prayer based on their life situation. So today we're dropping tips for those 9 to 5 kind of workers or busy 24-7 entrepreneurs uh khushu tips for the teenagers who have their own sets of challenges khushu tips for new muslims and also for the mamas or parents who have to deal with a whole bunch of stresses as well um and also try to keep their focus in prayer and tip top shape so don't be going anywhere inshallah there's something here for everyone i hope um uh, and it's going to be an awesome Episode. Now, what's really awesome is that those who have listened to previous episodes have actually left some five star reviews on the podcast, which makes me so happy because Wallahi, the reviews help us so much by number one, helping us to rank on iTunes better, especially when you leave a positive five star review. If we rank higher, that means that more people can find us, iTunes likes us more and inshallah more people will benefit from the content. And number two, you know, it motivates me and the team to keep going and providing a lot more content and also helps inshallah when you drop us, you know, some suggestions on what we can talk about next so a couple of previous reviewers we had the user uh, Sunni Believer who said super cool podcast one to watch amazing content thank you so much User IH602 said, Awesome podcast. Highly recommend to those seeking spiritual pick-me-ups. And as we mentioned in the last episode, user SSAED01 said, Absolutely awesome. Just what I needed for a dean boost. Pure realistic tips for preparing for salah and how even the prep before salah affects the khushu in prayer. Looking forward to the next podcast coming up. JazakAllah khair. And JazakAllah khair to all of you who've left the podcast reviews as well. Now guys please do head on over to iTunes or Stitcher if you're on Android and leave us a review if you like the podcast and I will inshallah read it out here in a future podcast episode and give you that all-important shout out and love and appreciation because wallahi it is really appreciated. Now, before we get into the swing of things in today's episode, I want to give a quick thank you and a shout out to today's sponsor, which is Azam Khan photography. Now Azam Khan is a brother who lives in Scotland, a photographer and videographer and also a good friend of mine Mashallah. and now he's known for his ability to turn you know your vision into an extremely and I mean extremely high quality stunning piece of art. Um, You know he's got experience filming a variety of videos, he's got a real knack for using his eye for detail, you know exceptional lighting techniques, different camera angles and he really knows how to tell a story with your video. I've had experience working with him in the past, um, with uh, with a brand that I was part of as well, uh, Ramadan Legacy. We filmed our crowdfunding video with him, uh, with my professional nine to five work as well. Did a great job. Even the inspiration video for the Khushu promo, uh, he filmed it, and it's fantastic. Now, guys, even uh, some popular sheikhs as well really like Azam. We had Sheikh Abu Isa, who gave Azam a shout out on his Facebook page. We had a Sheikh who came from England to film with Azam because he's just that amazing. So, guys, if you are looking for some, if you're based in Scotland and you're looking for some epic photography uh, skills to help your project and your marketing to reach that next level, hit up facebook.com forward slash Azam Khan photography. Okay so let's do this inshallah. Now keeping up with the tradition here on the podcast we're going to start things off with the ayah of the day. I love having the ayah beautifully recited at the start of each show and today is no different. We have our brother Ibrahim Afsul, one of my homies who is going to recite today's ayah of the day. So take a listen to this. Bismillah. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَأَخْبَتُوا إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ أُولَئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ MashaAllah, that was the ayah of the day, which was chapter 11, which is Surah Hud, ayah number 23, which means Verily, those who believe in the oneness of Allah, i.e. Islamic monotheism, and do righteous deeds and humble themselves in repentance and obedience before their Lord, they will be dwellers of paradise to dwell therein forever. SubhanAllah, something for you to ponder and reflect upon. Again, big up to my homeboy Ibrahim Afzal for the recitation. So now on to the main part of the episode today where we're about to listen to some fantastic Khushur tips from our guests. And the first chapter that we're going to cover is for that nine to five kind of worker, busy entrepreneur. This is by the way, male or female um, kind of audience out there. So why is this in the ebook and why does it relate to Khushur? Well, that kind of entrepreneur, 95 figure, usually has a really busy schedule. You know, things are hectic, there's tight deadlines, there's pressure from the boss, um, things can get really, really messed up, <laughs> which means that khushur might be hard to achieve because of everything that's going on. You're stressed out, you can't concentrate. And sometimes actually salah might become like an obstacle in your way astaghfirullah sometimes that is what it feels like to people who just have a crazy schedule they barely get five ten minutes to pray and they just can't seem to focus with everything going on so that's the context and the next few guests inshallah are going to talk about this exact problem with relation to attaining Khushur and the first guest is Brother Bilal Khan. Abu Dhabi Khan has done work with Al-Maghrib, he is head of his brand which is Leechon, background in marketing, but he'll get into that inshallah. Now bear in mind the following recordings of these six guests were recorded some time ago uh, and some of them the quality might not be the best so it might be a little bit inconsistent so bear with me with that inshallah. Okay so I'm going to stop talking now and here is the recording with brother Bilal Khan. Assalamu alaikum wa brother Bilal.
2: Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: You know, it's so good to have you on the podcast. I've been following you on Twitter, on Periscope recently as well. Um and a number of things I've seen you involved in. So, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do inshallah?
2: Sure. Uh well, I mean by day I would uh, call myself a 21st century ad man. Essentially, I work in marketing and advertising during the day. And uh, by night, I am basically a student of martial arts and human physiology. It's one of the things I've always had an interest in, been uh, been involved in martial arts since I was a kid. So it's kind of like stuck with me. Um, and essentially, the best way I like to describe myself, I'm a curious guy and I love adventure. Uh, and I'm always exploring the depths of uh, branding, storytelling and essentially how to connect better with people
1: Alhamdulillah, sounds awesome I was hoping you were going to say And by night, Batman But never mind <laughs> I, I suppose, I suppose that identity. sounds he, he cool enough
2: You can't be putting that out there like that, you know
1: Sorry, sorry, I'll I'll cut this out of the podcast so I'm <laughs> kidding So, okay, now on to your tip Which I liked, Alhamdulillah And I know you have some more to expand upon it So why don't you go ahead, inshallah and let everyone know what your tip was that was in the ebook.
2: Sure. So my hushu tip is more of a combo piece, right? So and basically these pieces are, um, you know, when you get into salah, take the time to warm up, right? So, you know, get to and before you actually start to pump salah. Um, and at the same time, if you wanna add on to that, you wanna leverage the power of congregation. So whenever you have the opportunity. Pray with someone. And if you have a place to pray nearby, like the masjid or whatever, then take the opportunity. Granted, it's not available there for everybody. But if you can pray with somebody, and this could be something as simple as, um, I remember somebody talking about how, uh, you know, establish the prayer in your home. So if you have family, got a wife or kid, or if, if one is single or living at home with their parents, you know, take the take the initiative. Uh, and and and, right. uh, and also establish the prayer in the home in the sense that somebody calls the azan, right? There's so many virtues mm. in the azan, right? Instead of leading the prayer. So be the one who calls the azan in the home and then call everyone to prayer and pray in the home so that way you get the congregation there as well. Um, also, make it a point to really perform the prayer itself. So a lot of times people, they don't even think about uh, technique, Right, people like they they do what they do, but they're they don't try to perfect that movement. I remember even in martial arts training, one of the things that they would always do is practicing um, the kata. Right, the kata is the form, and essentially, it, it in itself, is also a performance, so that you can really sharpen that technique. And, and the whole idea here is you got to also understand when you're performing. I mean, that's the key word: performance. You're on an intergalactic mm. vine stage with Allah as your audience the question is, are you going to make it one worth remembering? And are you going to make sure that even your vocal performance for Allah is uh, something that is going to not only move you, but will it move those behind you?
1: Mm, SubhanAllah. Wonderful tips, mashallah. And I think that, you know, back to the whole point of um, warming up. I mean, I like the whole analogy with, with martial arts that you made there and warming up kind of, you know, it's that boring part of the gym. You stretch and you kind of do some star jumps and stuff. Maybe it's not, you know, um, the most exciting part, but by but the time you actually get into the, the nitty gritty of, of the, the fighting and stuff, you're ready and you're pumped, right? So I like the idea of the, of the sunnahs before the fourth prayer, which is cool. And even even the home example, I can definitely relate to this because my family, Alhamdulillah, sometimes we pray together and one of us will make the Adhan. And not only is this good for Khushu, but I think it's also essential for family bonding as well, wouldn't you agree?
2: Yeah, it it is, most definitely.
1: Cool. Well, do you have any kind of follow-up or anything extra that you'd like to say before you leave us, inshallah?
2: Sure, sure. So sometimes it, it, it helps to internalize a concept if you flip the situation, uh, so, uh, one of the things it, it comes up is, um, uh, uh, so I was, one of the things is I have two analogies, one for working out and having the discipline to get to the gym and the other is watching movies. The question is, how can you make it? How can somebody be motivated to work out? Right? Well, think about Salah, right? Half the battle is simply showing up. So if you get out of, ah. you get out of bed, you know, you get dressed and you come up to the masjid, you know, you're there, right? Just like going to the, so if you really want to work out and go to the gym, you know, get out of bed, get dressed and get in the gym that you basically did 80% of your job already. Now that you're at the gym, you might as well work out. So that's like True. one expansion, uh, 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 tip number one, tip number two is I had a friend who said, um, they saw the Avengers and inception and they didn't think it was, that great. Uh, Adventures, you know, the movie, the Inception, the Christopher Nolan movie about space and time travel stuff. And I'm like, wait, how did you like, how did you think it was only okay? It was an amazing movie. And he's like, yeah, it was okay. I'm like, where did you see it? He's like, I saw one on the airplane. I saw the other one on my phone. And I'm like, bro, the way that you watch these movies, it's like as if you're praying Qadda Salah like you really, want to get the, uh, you really want to get the best experience of watching a movie? Well, you got to understand the, the first, the closest you can get to the source of the film, the better experience you'll have. So consider the premiere of the film. Where is the premiere? Well, what is the premiere of Salah, right? At Mecca in front of the Kaaba, right? That's the Yo. place. So imagine if you really want to enjoy a movie, you got to go to the premiere of the movie, red carpet opening with the producer, directors, and actors. Now, not everybody has access to that, just like how not everybody has access to get to the Kaaba. So what's the next best thing? You can go to the uh, the nearest, closest, most awesome messages nearby, right? So uh, what's the nearest awesome movie theater nearby? You know, if it has an IMAX theater, you can go check it out. The one with the best sound system, the one with uh, where they basically tell you also, you know, just like in Salah, you got to give the movie its etiquette where you know you gotta turn off your cell phones, you've gotta uh kind of like dim the lights a little bit, put your focus on the screen, stop talking to your uh stop talking to people next to you, and just kinda like sit back, relax, and just kinda focus and get into it. Let go of the world around you. You can worry about the stuff around you after the movie is done. Um and the other factor that also comes into play is um the time in which you watch the movie. Because sometimes watching the movie during the holidays is better. Just like how when you pray, you, you pray in Ramadan with everybody in a congregation, as opposed to praying in an empty masjid, right? So just say mm-hmm. yeah, you want to have a great movie experience, go when the theater's packed. So this is a little bit of reverse psychology in terms of... <laughs> 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 uh, so one can one take it the other way. If somebody has a hard time, you know, getting khushu and salah, then, uh, then think about what the etiquette is applied in regards to movies, apply that to Salah. And if you're already a really religious person, but you want to kind of enjoy the world a little bit, then consider the etiquette you apply to Salah and apply it to movies or go to the gym.
1: Mm -mm. i love it mashallah first time i've heard something like this but it is really really true like you know everything you said it just fits in perfectly with with the whole idea of Salah. and like you said that half the battle is getting there and i can definitely relate when it comes to the gym although alhamdulillah i go very often sometimes you get there and you just don't want to be there but the fact that you're there you see everyone else working out the motivation kicks in and you think, I might as well work out, do a few bench presses or something. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, alhamdulillah, fantastic. It's
2: also, it's just like, yeah, you might show up, but not every workout is going to be awesome. Just like how not every salah is going to be like, hey, I was in it. You know, there's going to be great ones and there's going to be weak ones. And that's just the nature of human existence.
1: Alhamdulillah. Well, listen, Bilal, thank you so much. The tips have been wonderful. You've added a whole new flavor to the whole Khushul conversation here on episode four. I'm sure everyone has benefited, inshallah. Now, for those who want to benefit some more from your work, where can we find you online?
2: Sure. Uh, just look for me on any social platform as Ventureback. V-E-N-T-U-R-E-B-A-K.
1: And we'll add that to the show notes, inshallah. And I'm sure people will be loving to find you online for some more kind of gym movie analogies, inshallah. And this guy, mashallah, is a is a Periscope king. So make sure you get on Periscope as well um, and check him out. And before you mentioned the whole kind of connection thing, I believe you have the the art of connection on YouTube as well somewhere. Yeah, quite so interesting series.
2: For, yeah, just search for not, search for my name and connection. Uh you'll mm. see the whole. I'm actually in the process of writing my book. So the videos were themselves a means for me to um, deliberately just come out with content that I would include potentially in the book, obviously expanded and so on. But the cool thing is I have a first draft manuscript, which is over 60,000 words, which needs to be called.
1: Wow. <laughs> well, all the best with that, inshallah. May Allah bless your work. Um, and that's it, guys, from Bilal Khan. salamu wa rahmatullah, bro.
2: Wa
1: Alhamdulillah. So, next up in this chapter of the bonus section, we have a productivity expert who some of you may know of who's given us his top tip that benefits him when he's really busy at work. And that is our brother Muhammad Faris of Productive Muslim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah
3: wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa, wa barakatuh.
1: How are you, brother Muhammad?
3: I'm good. Zakallah khair for
1: having me. Alhamdulillah, it's wonderful to have you here on the podcast. Uh, now, just before we get into your tip, which, mashallah, is is a wonderful tip, uh, let the audience know a bit more about yourself and what you do, inshallah.
3: Sure. So, um, I'm, my name is Hamid Fahraz. I'm the founder of ProductiveMuslim.com. It's an online platform that helps uh, Muslims lead a productive lifestyle, spiritually, physically, socially, inshallah ta'ala
1: fantastic and a lot of you guys inshallah have already checked it out Uh, i definitely have the kind of animations and and doodles and stuff it's fantastic um okay so based on you know you've had a lot of kind of experience with of course productivity you've you've done kind of workshops and and seminars and stuff and of course we are in the chapter of the ebook which is all about the nine-to-five worker the entrepreneur someone who's always on the go busy lifestyle right So what do you think uh, personally from your experience with different people are the kind of main reasons that people in this lifestyle have a lack of hushur and their prayer?
3: Okay, very, very good question. I think the challenge most of us have, and again, I'm not excluding myself, is that um, when we get so engrossed in our work and so engrossed in the day, whether it's meetings, calls... And we sort of, that's that sort of short sightedness that comes to, to ourselves when we think, Oh, I got to get that meeting. I got to make that call, or I just going to finish this project, or this presentation. That by itself puts our mind into like, you know, sort of zoom in focus, complete kind of full focus on one task. And it's very hard to break away from it. It's actually very, very hard because you're putting a lot of energy, a lot of resources to really make sure that something happens. And then. You hear that then, or your your phone beeps, or that little calendar on your on your uh, laptop sort of pops up says it's Dhuhr time or it's after time, yeah. and there's that urge that you know that very simple urge says yeah sure you'll get to it, you but just five more minutes or I'll get to it but just I just need to make sure I get this done properly, so it's it's really it's it's a very very hard sort of, sort of um, point to be in because it's so tempting to take that five steps, to take those extra five minutes. And you know it's not only five minutes, but more than five minutes. Yeah. It's so tempting just to ignore, uh, you know, say I'll, I'll delay it later. Or even if you really, really have to, you'll probably just like rush it out of the way because you're going to come back to, to, that, to that work environment. So I think that's the biggest challenge is being able to completely disconnect, especially when you're engrossed. And for that, I always tell people two things that kind of inspire, me to sort of disconnect is that i first heard this um there's a hadith from muhammad sallallahu says Salaam. la adhan. allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not have put barakah in a work that's done after adhan oh. and that for me was a huge huge almost realization that wow baraka has been removed yes i might be getting something done but the barakah is removed and i'm thinking would i want to get something done without baraka so that's number one Number two is to almost to uh, pre-plan. So you know, for example, you know that Dohur is going to come up soon. Is to try to wrap things up before the Adhan comes up. So it's not like you, when you get caught off guard. It's not like the Salah times are surprise times for us every day. Yeah, yeah. exactly when the Salah times are going to come. It's not like oh my God, it's Salah time. So if you're going to have meetings or you're going to calls or you're going to have something, try to basically realize in the back of your mind, okay, I got to pre-plan for this and make sure that I, you know, I don't, I don't. Um, there's one scholar who said Do not put something between you and salah mm. So if you don't put a meeting Don't put a call Don't put a project between you so Just just keep it always like You know what, it's salah time I'm going to make sure I'll get there And not be uh, basically busy with it So those are the challenges just, just that disconnection Because once you're engrossed It is so hard Unless you pre-plan And of course you realize That the barakah is removed If if you continue working after there then
1: mm. You know subhanAllah I can definitely relate because alhamdulillah about a month or so ago I got a new job and the, the, the time schedule and just being in that environment of busy 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 the, the checklist is, is crazy to get things done and then you're looking at the clock because where I live there's no than, there's no louder than uh, uh, you know in the streets or whatever so I have to rely on the alarm or my, my phone buzzing and you're right there is that temptation to say Ah, inshallah 10 minutes 10 minutes and before you know it the prayers is about to finish and then you pray really really quickly just to get back to uh the work and it ruins the khosho, subhanallah.
3: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah okay so now on to your tip now your tip was quite cool uh something that you personally do which kind of bounces off what you just said so if you don't mind inshallah just sharing that tip that you have with our audience
3: Sure. So what I normally do is I set an alert uh, 13 minutes before when I'm supposed to head out. Now that means so let's say vahora is at two o'clock. So I would set an alert, so, and I'm supposed to leave the house, let's say one forty-five or one or office one forty-five to get to the masjid at two o'clock and pray on time. That means my alarm would be set at one fifteen. So I put a 30 minute alert before, like half an hour before when I'm supposed to walk out of the door. And that gives me that time to start that wrapping up time. Like you know what? Half an hour is a solid wrap-up time. So even those five minutes, you know that I gotta wrap up time. And also it tells me that, you know, because I know for example, if I leave at 145, then I'll definitely, you know, make it masjid um and have some time to pray Sunnah so prayers and, and you know comfortably get the masjid. So it gives me that buffer. A lot of us, what we do is we have this warp understanding of how our time work Kind of think of Superman, I'm going to get there like, you know, instantly. We, have, yeah. we, we don't realize it takes like a minute to come down the stairs, a minute to put on the shoes, a minute to get in the car, a minute to drive out of the driveway or the office. All those little minutes add up. So if you know exactly how long it actually takes you, not just 10 minutes, meaning what Google Maps tell you, but actually the, from the moment you... Get off your desk to the moment you actually enter your foot in the masjid. That by itself it takes to be probably as 15, 20 minutes sometimes. Mm. So making sure you put a half an hour alert before then, so that you you kind of so you know what, I'm wrapping up. I'm I'm um, I'm help I'm turning off what I call turn off the fan because our mind sometimes when they are in overdrive mode, it's like it's so hard to turn off that fan in the mind because you know you can't just jump from from doing your work and sort of jump into prayer. You need that time to slow down. That's why there's hikmah. Why there's a time period between Adhan and Iqama—is that 20 minutes or mm-hmm. 10 minutes—is to help us kind of just you know ease ourselves in Salah, not just jump straight from Salah right into Iqama, uh, right into into the Salah itself. So yeah, so give put a 30-minute alert. Before the time you're supposed to walk out of your door, and you need to find out what that time is, because you need to realize exactly how long it takes you to get there. And once you do that, then at least then you then you you get there on time. You'll be more relaxed. You won't be stressed when they're done. You know when you say, "Oh my God, it's one forty-five. I got to rush." You know you've already known for half an hour that you had to leave at one forty-five. So that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, even though I put it every day, it's almost like caught me, I've got, oh, it's one i I've got to get, get ready. Even though you know the time, even though like, it, the salah doesn't change that much, especially yeah. when you've set the comma times, but as soon as you, that pop-up you know comes up, 1.45, oh, we've 1. oh, got to get ready, and it really just helps to slow you down, and it's been very, very mm-hmm. helpful,
1: alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, fantastic. Now, for those who maybe don't have a masjid nearby, Um, you know, or those who just would love to implement this tip, you know, half an hour to turn off the fan just sounds great. But their boss is on their case. They have a report to hand in at this time. Uh, You know, the assistant messed up something, so they have to do it themselves. Deadline, deadline, deadline. Uh, They might only have five or ten minutes to kind of uh, zone out, Um, and some people might not even have the chance to even leave for prayer or even pray at all, uh, unfortunately. So for those people who just manage to squeeze something in for five minutes Mm -hmm. uh, and don't get the time to really, you know, uh, turn off that fan, what advice would you give to them to just at least savour those few minutes that they have for the prayer?
3: I think for us, we really need to prioritise Salah in our lives. Unfortunately, we, I mean, we don't really prioritize Salah. Salah is like the last thing in our checklist, just like, for example, eating healthy food or exercising regularly or, you know, things that we know we should be doing. It's in that same bucket. You know, the things we know we should be doing, but we don't actually normally do, right? If I tell you journaling, exercising, mm-hmm. eating healthy, uh, most people say, yeah, yeah, we agree with that. Unfortunately, we added Salah to that bucket. So we kind of follow the same rules like with those things. Like if I have time, I'll do it. If I don't have time, I won't do it. But if we really, really, really make Salah the utmost priority in our life, saying this is the number one priority no matter what, then it will come across whether it's negotiating your new job, whether it's negotiating, you know, the, the deadline for tasks, where they're saying, you know what, fine, I'll get it to you done today, but guess what, I have to go and make sure that I, so I think that prioritization has to be very very clear, and these are the tests that you get every day because, I mean, with all respect to all the work that needs to be done, you know, salah is what will be questioned on in the day of judgment, the first thing will be questioned on, not the deadlines, not whether you have handed your work on time, but the you know the work you do. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that people should slack on their work and not do their work or just run off you know salah for half an hour. But they should also you know build that salah into their daily just like they have an appointment, just like a call, just like they have a you know a meeting. They will turn up that meeting on time. They will have that call on time. So same thing. You have a call with your Lord every day, five times a day. Get there and make it a priority. So that's on a sort of high level, more mental perspective, looking at it. On a very practical level. Again, I would still recommend to put that alert on just so that you can say, you know, give you that little nag at the back of your mind that, you know what, I got a solar coming up. I have to start winding down or speed up, you know, and just get it out of the way. Um, yeah, so yeah. if I if I have that alert, it will give me a, an advanced notice, so I don't panic. I don't go, oh my god, it's two o'clock. I need to pray. But it's more like, okay, I've got you know, I got it's one thirty. I know I half an hour to go to pray. So what can I do to just complete this task as best that I can? Maybe what I do sometimes is just send it off, like one fifty-five, just send it off. So I know it's off my mind. Like, do as I like, hey. Listen, this is the first draft. <laughs> How does it look? And then by the time we come back from Salah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was good. Great. Continue. Sure. No problem. So that's, that's <laughs> another way of doing it, where you kind like, sort of like mm. so wrap it up so that it does not be bugging you in the back of your mind. Mm. And and you know and also sometimes you know bosses are guilty of this. A lot of managers are guilty of this, where they really put a lot of pressure and they say, oh, I want this now, now, now. But then you ask them, really, Are you, like, will the world end if I don't submit this in like two minutes late or something? <laughs> you know, and most of the night, again, sometimes there is a hard deadline, but most cases not really that hard a deadline. And that sometimes, I actually sometimes strategically push back and say, you know what, I, I see it. I know it's a priority. I'll get it done, but you know, I'll get it done in in the time, in a, in a reasonable amount of time. And that kind of makes certain sense a message to the boss that, hey, you're not going to get me into panic mode every single time don't cry wolf basically every single time <laughs> if it's urgent it's urgent if it's not urgent don't say it's urgent when it's not urgent so mm-hmm. you gotta really build that rapport sometimes it's hard but it, it's one of those things I think, but but the first starting point is really making this an absolute
1: priority mm-hmm. fantastic points made mashallah so to summarize kind of what you said at the end there is like just training yourself to even if for example you don't have half an hour to, to calm down even if you don't have the masjid there but just at least putting those alerts on your phone on the computer to train your brain to realize and recognize the fact that it's a lot of time now and just kind of making your your mind get used to stopping and thinking about it five times a day or however many times a day it comes during your work um, so when you say just to be clear inshallah when you say that half hour before you kind of turn off the fan does that mean that the tasks that you do you begin to finish them or kind of wrap them up or do you literally just do nothing and prepare for the prayer
3: oh no you yeah so you basically um you wrap them up you wrap those tasks up you end those tasks whether it's let's say you send off those emails or you save that word document you turn off you know that you start sort of closing down the email program closing down the word document or saving it um you maybe send those last few emails saying hey guys this is what i have so far what do you think and just like you know just like as if you're ending your day, basically, just kind of wrapping it up and just sending across the work or wrapping up for that period. Coming to almost a closure, let's say you work on a particular section on something, you're writing a paragraph, you're writing that, um, you're doing this architecture design, that that one thing, if you're a doctor or nurse or teacher, you know, just just wrapping up those particular, like, something you feel like okay I've completed something there so that's that's what I want that's what I mean by that half an hour uh break now including in that sometimes is if you need to use the bathroom if you need to drink some water if you need to because one of the reasons to improve your khushu is to take care of your needs so if you have to take care use the bathroom or you know eat something or have some water or something so you don't feel thirsty or hungry or need to go during the salah, this is a good time to do it the half an hour helps you to kind of ease yourself into that as well um mm. Again, if if you need to uh, make wudu, make wudu around that time. So it's it's really it's it's, it's more of like this half an hour buffers there for you to start, start start, start like, getting yourself into that mode that it's salah is coming up. You just just like the same thing we do with our own appointments and meetings. Let us take that same you know approach even more when 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 connect to Allah Subhanahu. Mm.
1: Subhanallah. So guys, just like we talked about in episode one, a lot of this is coming down once again to the preparation of the prayer, which a lot of us underestimate. So Muhammad, thank you so much for that and your insights. And, and, uh, you actually threw in a lot of extra tips, mashallah, which is great. No problem. <laughs> so time. before we let you go, inshallah, um, just let everyone know where they can find you online for more tips like this or just to connect with you, inshallah.
3: Sure. So you can find us on productivemuslim.com. And you can find more tips. We have courses and classes on ProductiveMuslimAcademy.com. And of course, we are we're on every major social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. We're there. So if you need tips, techniques, ideas on how to lead a productive lifestyle that is balanced between this dunya and the akhirah, then you're more than welcome at Productives.com. We're here to help you, inshallah ta'ala.
1: Perfect, perfect. barakallahu Thank you so much, bro. And inshallah, we'll have you back on the podcast one day again soon. Inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaykum wa So mashaAllah, that was Brother Muhammad Faris of Productive Muslim, providing us with some valuable insights on the idea of khushur while well at work, and the little trick that he does to clear his mind before he prays. So preparation, of course, was the key takeaway in this tip. And next on this page is a tip by our Sheikh Ismail Kamdar, who's given us his tip, Alhamdulillah. And we also have him here with us on the podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa, rahmatullah.
0: wa, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: How are you doing, Sheikh? Are you okay?
0: Alhamdulillah, I'm well, and yourself?
1: Alhamdulillah. And again, thank you so much for being here with us on the podcast. It's fantastic to have you in the ebook as well. Um, And for everyone out there listening, can you just kindly, inshallah, introduce yourself briefly and let us know what you do?
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah, so my name is uh, Ismail Kamda and I'm a graduate in Islamic studies. I've been involved in the field of uh, Islamic work for over 15 years and um, I'm the founder of islamicselfhelp.com which is dedicated to teaching personal development from an Islamic perspective, uh, the author of multiple books and the head teacher of the Islamic Online University, as well as a radio presenter, homeschooling father and quite a few other things which uh, i forgot to mention <laughs> right now yeah
1: so mashallah you're up to a lot of things definitely which actually makes you perfect for this section of the ebook which is why i chose you inshallah as well um because the way that i have found you online and from listening to other podcasts that you've been on it seems like alhamdulillah you have a very good grasp on the on the concept of kind of making use of your time um Hence, your ebook, uh, the, the Barakah ebook, Time Management in Islam. So, I recommend everyone checks out that ebook, inshallah. Okay, so straight on to your tip. Now, his tip was think of salah as taking a break from work to ask Allah to help you with your work. Is there any more productive way to spend your break than conversing with the only one who can make you successful and help you resolve all your work issues? So Alhamdulillah, this tip I can relate to as well um, because, you know, as we know, this section is all about those who are extremely busy, they're working nine to five, they're entrepreneurs, they have so much on their mind. So this concept of actually using Allah to help you with the work as well and using that as a kind of way to attain your khushu, I think is is wonderful, really important and fascinating because me, especially at work, I usually sometimes go straight into the prayer after a meeting or after uh, a tough time on the computer. And it's very hard to switch off uh, my mind. So Sheikh, if you can elaborate more on this tip, inshallah, and why you chose this for our ebook.
0: Yeah, well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a very busy person and it can be very overwhelming. You know, this is in the 9 to 5 section, but my life is more like 4 a.m. till 10 p.m. And uh, it can be very overwhelming. There'll be days where you feel like, "What am I doing? You know, am I going to manage? Am I going to get it done?" And you know, it it really piles up. And so for me, Salah is that time to just put everything aside and and focus on the one that really matters, the one that can actually help you miraculously get things done and it actually it goes back to to the quran uh where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whenever he speaks about salah in the quran he talks about the purpose of salah being to remember allah right so salah is not just meant to be a ritual what happens to many of us is because we are so busy and we are so caught up in work that we tend to pray the salah ritually or we tend to do it as something i just need to get out of the way and because yeah. we do it in that way we don't Experience that full benefit of the salah. So, what I like to do is go a bit early to the masjid to make wudu properly, to sit and to just think, you know, about, about my day and how in tune it is with Islam. Because, really, when you are going through a busy work day, you may start the day off on a high level of iman, and as the day goes by, that materialism creeps in, that the dunya starts to creep into the heart. You know you start to forget Allah but So it's really Allah's blessing that he has Blessed us with salah split up throughout the day That as materialism mm-hmm. is Getting into the heart the azan goes And he's back up to the masjid to remember Allah again and to pull that Materialism out of your heart so Connecting with Allah throughout the day It makes whatever you are doing whatever You are going through more bearable And at the end of the day if you are connecting with Allah uh, You feel that you Can get your work done because Allah Is not going to uh, make you lose if you are, you know, fulfilling uh, your duties towards him. You know, you have Allah on your side. Mm, So you feel that confidence in whatever you are doing. So for anyone who has an overwhelming work schedule, look at that salah break as that chance to connect with Allah so that he will help you through the rest of your day. This is really what the tip is all about.
1: Very, very powerful words, mashallah. And exactly as you said, I mean, it's very it's it's it seems like the ideal situation you know to be able to break away from work, you know go to the masjid, stop, reflect, dunya and pause for a little bit. What would you say for those who, for example, work in a place or environment where there either is no time to stop, it's all go or they haven't got that chance to to even break away. there's nowhere in the in the office or there's no space in the building to read salah um and, you know, they might feel that, you know what, today uh, the meeting's going to happen. I really should get ready. I might miss Dohur today or asr. You know, is there any advice you have for people like that who maybe can't get to the masjid or just don't know how to detach their self from the, the, the materialism and put the dunya on pause for 5-10 minutes?
0: Okay, there's a, there's a number of ways to address this, you know. Personally, what I did is uh, I made sure that wherever I worked, whatever job I got, it, it didn't get in the way of the Salah. You know, from, from the day one, with we with, with checking out the work schedule, that there would be uh, Salah breaks. Now, again, of course, not everybody uh, can be fortunate enough to have such a job. Alhamdulillah, currently I work from home and I literally live next door to the masjid. So for me, that's never a problem, Alhamdulillah. But I know many people... Uh, who are in complete different situations. So, for most people, my advice is to make your lunch break shorter. In, in generally most uh, jobs, you have at least a 10 minute to half an hour lunch break, right? So, why not take out 5 or 10 minutes from that time to pray salah? And you, know, you can pray it anywhere. I mean, uh, the Prophet ﷺ stated that Allah has made the entire earth a pure masjid. So whether it's in in your locker room or in in your office or in a hallway or in a closet, wherever it is, uh, you should make that time to pray. So even if it means taking uh, a shorter lunch, maybe not uh, chatting to other people during your lunch break to connect to Allah instead, you need to prioritize this. And I know some people, they tell me that they pray their salah when they get home and they say that Allah will forgive them for making the Salah qada, But in reality, that's not the right mindset for the believer because praying the Salah five times a day on time is an obligation. And if your entire mm. life and your entire earning is built around pushing that obligation, the second pillar of Islam aside for the sake of, of dunya, there's not going to be any barakah in that work or in that wealth that you earn from it. So the Salah has to be a priority. Um, so, yeah, you know, it. Uh, I I know recently a brother who converted to Islam, he brought up the same situation to me. And my uh, answer to him was, approach your boss, tell him you've become a Muslim, tell him how much time you need daily for for prayer. And you never know, he might just give you that time. And Alhamdulillah, he approached his boss and his boss lets him pray Salah on time. He's not allowed to leave the office, but he's allowed to pray. So sometimes it just comes down to to being open enough to, to tell them, what your needs are in terms of the fact that you are a Muslim. Many of us, we're not Mm -hmm. confident enough to do that, but as I said, everyone's situation is different. But there's always a solution. Where there's a will to obey Allah, Allah will open up a way. You just need to be confident enough to, to voice your opinion and to find some kind of solution. It's
1: so, so true, subhanAllah, because there's been many times actually where I can relate as well, where, you know, you're scared to say something, but actually when you end up saying it anyway, it just turns out to be the best situation you could have imagined. The person wasn't awkward about it. They let you pray. In fact, they made prayer even easier for you some people i think even talk about the fact that their boss reminds them you haven't prayed yet (laughs) you should go and pray or their colleague alhamdulillah so the i guess the takeaway then here is that you sacrifice a little bit for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i.e your lunch time your lunch break and in return allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase the barakah in your day and even of course help you with your work etc
0: yes definitely alhamdulillah
1: Alhamdulillah Sheikh, thank you so much That was wonderful speaking to you Powerful advice Alhamdulillah Now before you go Tell our audience, inshallah How they can find you online
0: Sure Um, From all the social media sites My main place to hang out is Facebook So you can check out my Facebook page Abu Muawiyah Ismail Kamda um, Or it's facebook.com Slash Abu Muawiyah Kamda Uh, You'll find me there My website is Islamicselfhelp.com that's my business website, my personal development website. I also have a personal website, abumuawiyah.com. Uh, so those two websites are, are mine. And uh, yeah, if you want to join my classes, I am part of the Islamic Online University uh, teaching faculty. I'm actually the head teacher there. So, you know, uh, that's uh, another place where you find me online. And of course, if you're ever in Durban, South Africa... Let me know and I'll sure <laughs> to meet up with you guys for coffee.
1: Inshallah. I think I'll keep that in mind, Inshallah. Barakallahu Allah, thank you so much. Okay, so now on to our next chapter, Inshallah, in the bonus section, which is called For the Teens. Now, teenagers, man, we all know that in our teenage years, we go through a lot both physically and emotionally a number of things of course that can affect khushu in our prayer so for all you young guys and girls out there listening this one is for you inshallah and alhamdulillah to help us understand this chapter a bit more and someone who's also given us a fantastic tip in the ebook mashallah is brother umar usman all the way from the us assalamu alaikum wa brother umar Thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast today and also featuring this this huge but a really valuable tip in our ebook, Alhamdulillah. Um, First of all, for all our listeners, can you, inshallah, introduce yourself? Tell us what you do. Um, Because I know you do quite a number of things, mashallah. And I think our listeners will be interested in in knowing how they can get in touch with you online.
4: Sure. So, my name is Umar Osman. I'm from Dallas, Texas. And. I work full time in the corporate arena and work also with a couple of side projects, uh, I guess in the Islamic or Dawa realm, primarily with Ghulam Institute. That's under the guidance of Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda. And with Ghulam, I work on a couple of projects so their Khatib workshop project, uh, debt free Muslims, and Fiqh of Social Media.
1: So we'll go straight into your tip, inshallah, because it is quite long. I know you're going to summarize it for us. Um, So if you can do the honors, inshallah, of going through and summarizing, and I'll pick up with any questions that I have that I think our listeners will be more interested in. Sure.
4: So, you know, so you asked about khushu and in particular with, you know, kind of how we handle distractions. So a lot of what khushu comes down to is the preparation process. And one thing that we have now is a a major impediment to that preparation is our technologies, our phones. And so, you know, ideally a person goes, they make wudu, they kind of, they're calm, they collect themselves, they reflect a little bit, then they stand up and pray. What we do now is we, you know, as we're standing up or as we're about to make the beer, we still have our phone in our hands and we're checking, you know, what snaps did I get? Who updated their story? Who liked my Instagram photo? Who sent me a message? What text did I get? Did any emails come in? And we cycle through everything, shut it off, and then quickly, you know, Allah, Akbar, and start praying. And so, because that's kind of the last, you know, immediately we jump from that to prayer, then while we're praying, it's very hard to concentrate. You know, it's hard to ramp up that level of cognizance in your salah. So you're always yeah. thinking... Did anyone? Did anyone like my photo? Did anyone reply to the message that I just sent? Did anyone, you know, do this? Did anyone post that? And so we're just constantly going, going, going. Our mind is wandering, and then, you know, if you forget to turn off your phone or you leave your phone in your pocket and it starts buzzing or ringing, then it'll derail your prayer as well because now you're thinking, oh, who, you know, who is that, right? Your your mind has a natural like you have to know what it is that's yeah. buzzing, and you you know you can't wait, so you. Finish your prayer, and sometimes we'll rush it. Sometimes we won't, depending on the situation. And then it's almost, you know, we make the first salam and as we're turning our head to make the second salam our phone is, our hand is already reaching for our phone, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. you know, Assalamualaikum ala, and we're swipe, you know, unlock it and and check what came in. Mm. And so, when we bookend our prayer that tightly with what's on our phone, it makes it very difficult to concentrate in prayer. So, mm. couple of couple of quick tips. That I had shared was, you know, if you can leave your phone away while you pray, that's ideal. You know, from, I would say, almost turn off your phone, put it in airplane mode so that you don't get any notifications from the time before you even make wudu do that so that you can concentrate, make your wudu properly, and, you know, transition into the prayer without checking your device. So you give yourself a couple of minutes to kind of clear your head. And then the second, the next thing is after you finish praying, fight the temptation to reach into your pocket and if you've left your phone somewhere else you have an airplane mode it's a lot easier you know it's easier because it won't buzz while you're praying Mm. uh so you sit there and kind of make a little bit of your dhikr make a little bit of dua right doesn't have to be very long and elaborate we're talking about maybe two minutes and then if you need to then you can take out your phone and and resume the rest of your day but it's Really what it comes down to is creating a little bit of that white space, some of that quiet time before and after the prayer without your device. Uh, it helps clear your head and just kind of lets you focus on the prayer. So that's, that's the tip that I had with how technology impacts
1: our khushu. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And subhanAllah, I for one can relate a lot to this tip, not only myself, um, but of course I have a number of friends as well. And actually it's funny because one of my friends who might be listening right now, actually, um, we used to pray together a lot in his house because we used to go to an Islamic class together. And it was funny because after we said salam, I remember he would like leave the masala, go to his bed, pick up his phone, and catch up and a couple of times I had to force him like to take his phone away and come back down and sit down and make thicker because it is something we have become addicted to the The little red icon I say is is from shaitan because he keeps distracting you and you keep wanting to know you know how many likes you got, how many shares you got, and it's some sort of disease almost. That we have to know, we have to know right now, and we forget that actually this time that we were supposed to keep for Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has now become kind of almost like an inconvenience for us because we are being left and deprived of knowing what's going on online. So it's uh, yeah.
4: And I'll tell you something else. One, you know, one thing is we. We tend to think that we should do things a certain way. So we think like, you know, I should be able to just turn off my phone. I should be able to concentrate in prayer. And I shouldn't let my phone be an addiction. But the reality is a lot of us can't control that impulse. Mm. And the more that we the more that we fight it, the more that we kind of exert trying to overcome it with willpower, the more difficult that it is. And so what's important is to create a systematic way uh, of kind of just putting a barrier in self so that you don't have to think about it. And so if your phone is in airplane mode, for example, for the few minutes that you're praying, there's no chance of a notification coming in. Another thing that you can do kind of at a broader scale, and this is something that I do personally, is I turn off all the notifications on my phone. And so none of the apps are able to give me the red badge or a pop-up or a sound or a buzz or anything like that. Now there's, you know, yes, like you said, someone's going to go and they're going to want to go catch up on everything and that's fine. Uh, But at least you catch up on your own terms. And so the more that you kind of just keep, keep the phone from calling your name constantly, the easier that it is to create these few minutes at a time, uh,
1: especially for your prayer. Mm. So it's more like training yourself, training your mind to understand and realize that actually, you know what, nothing's going to happen. Um you know, and you 're putting it on it it 's almost like being on a diet and you have chocolate all around you right, and you learn to not treat the chocolate like some sort of enemy that you are trying to stay away from, but at the end of the day you 're going to eat it and not only eat it but binge really heavily yeah but so you it's, end yeah
4: it 's exactly that it's i 'm not you know if you told someone, try to not use your phone for two hours a day most people would they wouldn 't last two days of doing that. Right. Yeah. But if we say, you know what, just put in airplane mode for five minutes when you pray, and that's it. That's very achievable. There's a yeah, very low yeah. barrier to that. Mm. But the the payoff though is is significant,
1: especially if it clears your head before you pray. Mm, of course. Okay. So let's say, for example, you have learned, um, you know, how to discipline yourself. You are on a very steady marathon of phone off or airplane mode your prayer is getting better but of course teens have a number of friends and not every friend is on the same level so let's say for example you're you know you go into the masjid um, and you know you're in the prayer your phone is on airplane mode But Mohammed on the right and Jamal on the left, their phones are not on airplane mode. So this goes for everyone, not just teens. Let's say this was to happen in the prayer and the phones do start buzzing or making ding noises. Do you have some sort of technique or even that you might use yourself if you forgot to put your phone off uh, to... The noise will come, it will distract you for a few seconds, but how then do you go straight back to Allah and just kind of zone out and forget what's happening in your pocket? Because some people's phones have the most annoying ringtones <laughs> and they go on for a long, long time. I think the worst I heard was Dr. Dre or something in the masjid. So, <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, I don't think there's any technique that lets you go from distracted to khushu in a very short amount of time. Right, and I think that's why a lot of times when you find advice about khushu, it all comes down to the preparation process. It's mm-hmm. if you can't concentrate while you're making wudu, you're probably not going to concentrate while you're praying. And so that's why for me, it's it's all about being systematic. It's creating the habit that my phone is just off when I pray. Right, so there's not a there's not a chance. It's it's easier for me to prevent the distraction from happening than it is to react to the distraction.
1: Uh, okay, that makes sense. And
4: so so let's say I forget to turn off my phone, right? And now it starts ringing in prayer. So I'll tell you the mistake that a lot of people make is as soon as their phone starts ringing, they suddenly become super religious in the sense that they're like, oh, I can't violate my Salah. I can't make any unnecessary movement. I can't do anything. Mm. I don't want to violate my prayer. And so they end up ruining everyone else's prayer by letting their phone (laughs) ring. So I would say one thing is if your phone is ringing, like just go ahead, take it out, turn off the sound, you know, make it stop. Uh, that's the most important thing. Is just go ahead and make it stop. And yes, you're gonna lose some of your concentration, but for me, it's you should have just had it off to begin with. You should. If mm. you if you can't remember to turn it off, you're probably not gonna have a high level of concentration anyway. That's true. Your mind is already gonna be thinking about a lot of different things. And so, mm. that's one thing with your own phone. If it's if it's someone else's phone, then I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. You just have to deal with it. It's to me, it's no different than. Uh, a baby crying or a kid running up and down the rows right right okay you know or the something happening with the microphone the microphone making noises those things are going to happen it's we just you know you just have to
1: deal with it uh yeah okay
4: there's i don't i don't have an easy answer to it
1: (laughs) no no i i guess it was a difficult question because you're right there's no you know super kind of switch button that you can just have that Takes you from distraction to khushu. <laughs> We're not like sahabas, <laughs> yeah. um, And just finally, before we finish, inshallah. So we've talked about technology and social media. To follow up, uh, kind of on the same kind of target audience, which here is our teens, uh, brothers and sisters. What other uh, issues do you think? Now, this is a broad question, so maybe top three uh, other issues that you think um, affect our teenage brothers and sisters uh, and their khushu in prayer that could be prevented similarly just like a, a phone can be turned off uh, there's obviously so many things that we think about but we won't go into them too deeply but do you think there's any that are important to mention because right now they're listening intentively inshallah
4: so I'm quite a bit removed from my teens but you know I think it's For me, it's usually the social situations, right? So a lot of times uh, at that age, you're much more, uh, you know, you're hanging out with your friends more and more tightly. And so a lot of times there's a lot of like, this is going on, that's going on, or someone has drama, someone has this going on. And so a lot of times if, you know, if it's not on the phone, if in person you're talking about these types of issues and then you try to jump into the prayer it's very difficult to to keep focus, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it, or it might even be like uh, you have an exam coming up, and so you're studying, 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 and then you stop to take a break to pray, and then in your prayer you're just thinking about like everything you have to memorize for your biology exam, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, it, it for me it really it doesn't matter what the particular issue is. For me, they all come down to your mind is going to think about whatever it was that you were thinking about right before you started praying. And so the more time that you can give yourself to prepare and just try to get in that mode, uh, the easier it is to shut off those distractions and kind of train yourself that when it's time to pray, I have to turn off those other things and shift my focus here. Uh, But if, you know, so it requires kind of turning those other things off, whether it's something social, whether it's technological, whether it's studying, whether it's work, uh, kind of turning those things off, giving yourself a little bit of time to clear your head, refresh, like I said, make wudu, and get into the process of praying. That makes it a lot easier than running full speed on one of those those other things, slamming the brakes and jumping into the prayer. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, so the key takeaway today uh, is preparation. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. And for those who want to hear more about preparation, episode one, inshallah, it's all about what to do before the prayer. Brother Omar, thank you so much for your tip today. Now, before you go, is there anything else you want to add or say that we didn't get a chance to speak about today?
4: Sure. If people want to know more about uh, the impact of the technological stuff on our lives, particularly our spirituality, they can check out uh, the website,
1: ficofsocial.media. And that's exactly the URL. Fantastic. And where can they find you on social media?
4: So they can add me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat,
1: Facebook. All of them is Ibn Abi Omar. I-B-N-A-B-E-E-O-M-A-R. Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brother Omar. Inshallah, we'll connect again one day. But for now, guys, that is our tip on how to a Khushu for teens. Uh, the next chapter, Inshallah, is for new Muslims. And of course this chapter is for those who've recently come to Islam or have been Muslim for a number of years now and also faced the same kind of hardships with regards to khushu when they first came into Islam. They've been there, they've done that and alhamdulillah we actually have a couple of new Muslims or Muslims who came to Islam in the past with us here on the podcast today who are also in the ebook to give you uh, Their top tips for attaining khushu in prayer if you've just came into Islam. And our first guest, mashallah, is Brother Abdul Azim Khaimi from Scotland. Asalaamu Alaikum wa, rahmatullah.
5: wa, alaykum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing, bro? You okay? Alhamdulillah, I'm good, bro. How are you? Alhamdulillah.
1: Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today and featuring in the ebook. Why don't you tell everyone a bit about yourself, Um, when you became Muslim, and why? <laughs> Alhamdulillah.
5: Um, I've been a Muslim now for 19 years, subhanAllah. So I'm oh, not, exactly, uh, not exactly a new Muslim now. I'm more sort of what, adolescent, late teenager Muslim now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, quite a long time. Um, and what attracted me to Islam was after reading a biography of, of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a Very simple uh, biography and it, it really inspired me and I read it again immediately. Um and that really sort of rocked me because I hadn't seen anyone like this before I wanted to be like this man uh, mm. Alhamdulillah and I started reading book after book after book and very quickly I realised there was a gap in my life and decided to become Muslim Alhamdulillah
1: MashaAllah, fantastic you know I love to listen to uh, kind of revert stories there's so many um, mm. but the occurring theme seems to be you know uh, researching, reading mm. Uh, becoming inspired which kind of makes me as a born muslim a little bit kind of uh i guess ashamed in the sense where i wish i had done as much research with as much conviction as those who came into islam did at first right um alhamdulillah anyway okay now on to your tip mashallah which is quite good which said quote with the inevitable information overload that a beginner will take on It's easy to become preoccupied with the stuff you need to remember. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a constant regular reminder however to help us focus on what we are actually trying to achieve in prayer. We open every prayer with Allahu Akbar which literally means Allah is greater as in greater than everything else and we use this to dismiss the chatter of the world as we focus on our Lord. It's no accident that we repeat this so regularly at key points in each raka'ah. Use every Allahu Akbar to remind yourself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more important than whatever just distracted your thoughts and to renew your focus on what is the whole point of prayer, to engage with he who is more important to you than anything else. MashaAllah, fantastic reminder bro because you know, as you said, and as we've talked about previously in the ebook as well, knowing what you're saying is important. But I love the fact that you focused on just one phrase, mm. which is Allahu Akbar, and the mm. fact that you've talked about it means that Allah is technically Allah is greater, or sometimes translated as Allah is the greatest. Yeah. It's so significant, mashallah, because we say it so robotically as okay, this is what I have to say when I move into roqor or or Sujod. But you've talked about the fact that it's, it's just the number one way to remember that, well, I'm in front of mm. the greatest, the, the greater being in this whole world. Can you elaborate on that a bit more?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, the phrase Allahu Akbar itself is actually quite an open statement because um, normally when you use the word uh, Akbar, uh, you would say Allahu Akbar, mean, you know, uh, Allah is greater than that or this. Mm. But to say Allahu Akbar, it's open. Which means that Allah is greater, full stop, you know, than everything else. So it's quite a weighty statement. It's very heavy. Mm. When we enter into the prayer, we begin with Allahu Akbar. We raise our hands and it's as if we cast off the world. And uh, this is called yes. takbiratul Haram. And um, so this is the, the Takbir that makes other things Haram. So when you become in this position of prayer with Allah Ta'ala, uh, things like speaking to other people will break your prayer. Eating will break your prayer. These things are haram, sure. but they become haram within the prayer. So that tikbir is important. It's a marker. And every tikbir that you go through, uh, in the prayer is another remarking of that position that you have. You're alone with Allah, uh, in your heart and alone with Allah in your intention and your actions. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah in ayah 152, if I remember rightly, he says, <speaking in Hebrew> He says, so remember me and I will remember you. SubhanAllah. So he says, and then be grateful to me and do not deny me. You know, so in that ayah of the Quran, he's telling you, remember me. You know, so in the prayer, you can remind yourself, Allahu Akbar, every time you go into a different position of prayer, oh yeah, I shouldn't be thinking about Facebook or I shouldn't be thinking about taxing my car. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> the things that creep into your mind, and yeah, you repoint yourself at that point. It's like a compass, mashallah.
1: Subhanallah, you know, powerful words, mashallah. And again, you know, I think actually before, um, you know, in, in the past, I made a very kind of a basic Hosho tips podcast, which didn't really go very far, I don't think. Although mm-hmm. some people really enjoyed it, I mentioned this as well, Allahu Akbar, the words, but I didn't mention it quite like this, which is fantastic. So, like you said before. For new Muslims, let's go back to them, of course, this is for their this is their chapter, right? You've mm-hmm. talked about the fact that they have all of these overwhelming things to remember, you know, the, do I have wudu? Did I do the right steps? Mm-hmm. Uh, this Arabic thing sounds a bit funny. Mm-hmm. I lost my prayer cheat sheet, I can't find it, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss maghrib what do I do? So in a sense, do you think that out of everything they have to remember? Mm-hmm. which they find difficult, out of the words that they're kind of trying to put together and are just about putting together Fatiha or, for example, Surah al mm-hmm. would you suggest then that out of everything that seems so difficult, the one thing that they should focus on um, to really help them realise and fathom the enormity of their situation right now, mm. and to help join all those pieces together and bring their heart back to where it should be is this one phrase Allahu Akbar?
5: I feel for me it's important because this is the whole point of the prayer you know, is the fact that you're recognizing Allah's position and your position in relation to Him. Um, as, you know, I'm not making fatwa here, but this is my, you know, my impression. And when you're learning to pray, as you've probably mentioned, you can, uh, you can basically say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillahi, Alhamdulillah, Wallahu Akbar, mm-hmm. in the position of the prayer. So the main thing in the prayer, uh, for it to be valid, is remembrance, because this is zikr. You know, this is Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, yes. Wallahu Akbar. So if you're remembering Allah and you're, you know, repointing your heart. Reminding yourself and pulling yourself back into that prayer You're going to enjoy your prayer a lot more You know, because when you're trying to learn To pray and you're stressing about it It's not very enjoyable, it doesn't feel like it should You know, so if you can mm. Remind yourself and put yourself back in that state of kushot, um With Allah Ta'ala, uh, you're going to feel better You're going to enjoy it more and you'll look forward to it For sure, trouble. for sure, inshallah yeah, Allah, Allah. It's important
1: Okay well thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again Um, Again mashallah wonderful tip Thank you so much It was great to hear your experiences And the tips that you gave to those who are listening Now for those who are listening And who might be new Muslims But are still going through some kind of problems A bit nervous And need someone to ask for help How can those listening inshallah get in touch with you online?
5: Um, Well they can get me through Facebook Um which uh, seems to take up an inordinate amount of time and affects your show, But um, you can contact <laughs> me through Facebook. Uh, it's just Abdul Azim Climie. That's C L I M I E. Um so they can Facebook me, uh, or they can they can get me by email um, at Pathways to Islam at gmail.com.
1: Fantastic. And is that a new project you're working on? Yes, it is. Yeah. Fantastic. I'll put that in the show notes inshallah and they can contact you if they so wish. Barakallahu feek bro. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.
5: Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Okay guys, now the sixth and final guest on today's episode is sister Sumera Zahir, who runs a blog online called The Muslima Mommy and she's given a pretty awesome tip for the section in the ebook which I mentioned before which is called For The Mamas. Now this actually does apply to the fathers too. Now why on earth is this section in the ebook in the first place? What does this have to do with khushur? Well, I once spoke about the ebook online on on Facebook, and a Muslim mother commented, talking about how she hopes that the ebook would give tips for you know Muslim mothers, and I wondered what she meant, so I kind of asked her, and she said that you know. And I'm I'm paraphrasing here that mums have lots to do, you know, uh, from taking care of the kids to a lot of homekeeping activities, dishes, clothes, cleaning, dropping kids to school, you know, taking care of the husband or vice versa for the husband, taking care of the wife, um, you know, having kids running around. Uh, while you're trying to pray in and out for your legs and climbing on top of you making noise crying stressing you out etc so these bring a whole different set of issues uh, when it comes to attaining khushur um, now We did talk about the 9-to-5 worker or the 24-7 kind of entrepreneur or the teenager. Um, I'm not saying that you can't be a mother and a father and be one of those at the same time or a new Muslim. You can actually be a part of a number of these groups that we've talked about today. So bear that in mind. This is just a kind of a general discussion, inshallah, in case you're thinking that I'm, I'm kind of stereotyping here. I promise you I'm not. So when I went online and found the Muslima Mommy blog, I thought, okay, what better person to ask about this than somebody who already is online and has an entire space dedicated for Muslim mothers, right? So um, we're actually going to get into that interview with Sister Sumaira in a moment, but first Actually, let me read to you the other tip in this section from Mothers, which is by Usada Adima Ashfaq. Now, she didn't write this specifically for the ebook. I asked her to write something, but she was a bit busy. But then I saw this thing that she wrote on, on her Facebook page and it was perfect and so I asked her and Alhamdulillah she gave me permission to use it in the ebook. Um, and she wasn't able to make it on the podcast, so inshallah let me just read this out, which is her tip. Here goes. She said I laid Zakaria next to me as I prayed Asr. And it was going well. I was connected and he was playing, but then midway, as I went down in sujood, he grabbed my headscarf and we had a scuffle. It was real. In my mind, I was, Allahu, please let go, Akbar, whilst I freed myself, and it was comical. Then, he has the audacity to start giggling, distracting me once again as I made an effort to regain my concentration. I really appreciate knowing what I'm saying in my prayer. And even when I disconnect for a short while and it is inevitable with children around, I restart the connection whilst thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all my blessings, especially him, even if he's a little playful or mischievous it's important not to lose the love of your prayer when the children come along. Make an effort to revive it every day by reading on concentration, reading Quran and seeking knowledge through listening to talks, even whilst changing your baby as all these factors will help you remain connected. Remember, for every struggle we all face, mothers and fathers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give a return. He will always return what we've lost as long as we keep connecting, keep giving and reviving the connection in our lives as it weakens or begins to fall apart. Now how cool is that right? Amazing tip mashallah. I hope the mamas out there and the fathers listening to this tip can take from it inshallah and feel a little better when the young ones do the same. Now to catch Sister Alima, head on over to iamalima.org, that's A-L-I-M-A. The link will be also in today's show notes at theinspiration.com forward slash episode 4, along with every other link and website etc. that was mentioned in today's episode. So jump over there for a summary inshallah. Alright, so now on to sister Sumira from the Muslim Mummy blog. Just a heads up, this connection wasn't so great back then during the interview, so the audio quality isn't the greatest, so forgive me for that. I'm sure you can still make out what she is saying, inshallah. So her tip goes a little bit something like this. Mama, we all
6: know how difficult it is to pray with young children in the same room, right? As a mother of three children and another one on the way, inshallah, I definitely am aware of the struggles that come with praying. There have been so many times where I had to restart my prayers over at least twice due to the interruptions of my children. But I never stopped praying with them in the same room because they need to see me praying. That's how they will develop the love of prayer themselves. So my tip for the mothers is to encourage your children to pray with you. And if they are too young to pray, then give them some items to keep them occupied, such as building blocks. The aim here is to keep them busy so that they don't distract you during prayer time.
1: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> and that was Sister Sumera. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.
6: Wa wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I mean, to have the Muslima mommy on the podcast is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Alhamdulillah. So first off, um, I introduced you a little bit, but inshallah, if you can just tell our audience um, a bit more about yourself and what you do, that would be fantastic, inshallah.
6: For sure. Um, so my name is Samara Here, I was born and raised here in Canada, in Middle Alberta, to be exact. Um, I have three children, another one on the way, inshallah, and I run a blog called TheMuslavaMommy.com, where I share my parenting tips and my parenting stories and basically my journey as a Canadian Muslim mother raising my children in the West. Um, and I have also am a writer and I've written articles for Productive Muslim, Islamic University, um, Islamic Online University, um, just to name a few.
1: Sounds really, really cool. I mean, I think it's uh, a very um, selected niche or niche, you guys call it, over there in the US and Canada, I think, yeah, um, online, which is cool. So um, tell us more about why you chose to uh, talk about Muslim mothers in particular.
6: I just felt like online, there weren't that many blogs or websites or platforms for information. Um, There were just for mothers in general, but not... Muslim mothers and why our case is unique is because we have to fit in you know uh, fasting during Ramadan while taking care of your children or uh, incorporating five prayers into our daily routine and then also keeping up with motherhood duties um, as well as you know maybe the way that we dress so the hijab and how to encourage our children to love the hijab and um I just felt like there was nothing really out there for us Muslim women in particular. So I decided Mm -hmm. to share my journey and my tips. um, And I had so many women ask me. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put everything all together in one blog. And, you know, that way it's there for anybody around the world to read.
1: Masha'Allah, well done, and I think that a lot of Muslim women out there will benefit. Uh, uh, once again, guys, that is the MuslimaMommy dot com, uh, and I'll link it inshallah in uh, the show notes as well. So back to your tip, which Masha'Allah was very good. Thank you so much for that. Um, Now, you mentioned a couple of things there that you said, you know, women have to go through, uh, whether it's Ramadan or, you know, the clothes they wear, etc. Let's now take it back to, of course, the context of khushur and prayer, which is what these uh, podcasts and this ebook is all about. So from your experience and maybe experience that you have from speaking to and engaging with other mothers out there, what do you think are some of the kind of main challenges that... A mother out there listening right now probably is also going through uh, with respect to prayer and concentrating as well as having kids in the house?
6: Um, I think finding the time once you become a parent um, you find that you know you haven't slept enough there's so much housework to do you know your kids need your attention and sometimes you're so exhausted you, you don't have the energy to really do anything but I mm. yeah and I find that sometimes if you just go it kind of refreshes you you know um, and then you bring your children into the prayer room with you and you know it's a time to connect with your children as well because they're in that room with you they're observing you and even you know before and after prayer you can talk a little bit about Islam well, you know get them excited for prayer um and it's it's I know it's hard but you know it's Sometimes when there's so much chaos going on as well, it's a nice break for the kids to be like, you know what? Stop what you're doing. Turn off that TV. Turn off the computer. Put your iPads and whatnot down, and come let let's go pray. You know, and it's a peaceful time, um, and the kids enjoy it too.
1: Yeah, 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 mashallah. So you're basically creating a kind of a it's almost like playtime, um, but it's yeah. prayer time instead. So yeah. you're getting them used to the idea of switching off in the dunya, coming to pray. Exactly. It's funny because um one of our shayukh the other day in class, I think, was mentioning the fact that when when uh when kids when when parents pray, it's almost as if the kids know that they now have time to themselves to just go crazy and mess around and climb things and break things (laughs) so what would you so what would you say to the mothers out there who you know are listening to what you say and are saying yeah i know but it's too hard i get so angry I, i i'm giving up they frustrate me um what would you say to mothers like who think that
6: I say just be consistent and persistent. Keep going. Um, the idea here is to get a routine going. So what we do is, because um, we live in Canada, there's obviously no call to prayer. The on. So we just have a clock at home. As soon as that gets off, uh, uh, turns on, the kids they know. Oh, okay, it's prayer time, and they drop what they're doing, and it's just building that routine. Also. Um, You know, if they're in that room and and you're struggling, you know, with your prayer because your child, like you said, is climbing and, you know, banging things, and you just have to (laughs) have a set of rules and be like, look, it's prayer time, and how about you sit, and okay, if you do not want to pray with me today, that's fine, you can sit and watch me and play with these blocks over here quietly and wait till I'm done praying, and then we can do something fun together. Or, you know, here's a piece of paper and, and you know, here are some crayons, you know, go crazy and scribble on the paper. Um, mm. Yeah, just to keep them busy, to keep them occupied so that they're not destructing the house <laughs>
1: Yeah.
6: your mind is on the prayer and not oh my gosh what are my kids doing yeah right? yeah
1: so you have some sort of like a reward system almost in place like okay <laughs> if you sit quietly and pray then we'll we'll chill together afterwards we'll play uh, I'll you know I'll do this with you I'll tell you a story ice cream or whatever so for
6: sure yeah and that and that does help um, i noticed my oldest daughter she's always had a love for prayer my second daughter, uh, not so much. She would, yeah, she would be, you know, jumping on the couch and and whatnot, and uh, but slowly, slowly, like she has seen me pray, and now she loves it. I don't even have to tell her. She just, you know, grabs her prayer mat, comes beside me, puts on her hijab, and starts praying. Mashallah. You know, yeah, alhamdulillah. and it's because I, I've never forced her, you know. But she and I always give her an option. Okay, pray, or if you don't pray, then you know you can do this quietly. Mm. And eventually, you know, I guess she has just seen me pray and see how much peace it brings. And it's um, time to connect with Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she wants to be a part of that, too. So now Fantastic. she's just, yeah, and she's five years old and she's doing it on her own. She doesn't do it every single time, but, you know, she's doing it more and more and often. She's getting day. used to
1: it, basically. Uh, she's getting used to it. Yeah. yeah, and I love exactly. the fact that in your tip you said that they need to see you pray because, of course, we know uh, hmm. in terms of you know psychology and stuff that kids learn from their parents. So you're not sitting there, you know, watching the Kardashians or <laughs> something else. You're <laughs> you're doing something which is, of course, really important and praiseworthy. And if the kids don't see their parents doing it at a young age, it's not going to you know uh, embed in their hearts and their minds that this is important and I should be doing it as well.
6: Exactly. Well said. um, You know, it, it's not good enough to be like, okay, you watch cartoons, I'm going to go into a separate room and pray. You know, encourage your child to be in the same room as you. Like I said, they don't have to be praying in the beginning, especially if you have little babies. You know, you can just put them in a little swing or a bouncer, you know, enclosed little layers and put some stuff in there for them to play with. So you know that they're not going to crawl out and, you know, go yeah. somewhere and hurt themselves. But from the beginning, I've always had my children um, lie down uh, beside me while I'm praying. And as they get older, you know, give them some blocks and, and they play quietly. And then when they're old enough, they start imitating you. Yes. <laughs> and it's, a, it's so beautiful to see. Um, and that's how you know you're doing it right, right? And, and like you said, they're going to, it's not good enough for you to say, pray, pray. You know, they have to see you praying. Mm-hmm. And that's. That's going to encourage them. And that's what's going to create that love of prayer for them and the mm. love of
1: Insh. Mm, fantastic point. Now, just before I let you go inshallah, um as a dude as a brother okay. <laughs> i'm just i'm just i'm just thinking that you know what actually for for the husbands out there i'm not a husband mm-hmm. yet right, right. but <laughs> i'm trying to i'm trying to learn now <laughs> um sure. I'm, I'm i'm the word the words tag team is coming in my mind right now like mm. do do you do do you or do you know any of your friends couples who kind of tag team this process so if it does get difficult for the mother or the father you know the kids climbing on his dad's shoulders mm. he's in for like 10 minutes waiting for them to come off do you guys ever kind of okay you take the kids for 10 minutes and let me pray maghrib and then i'll take the kids and you can pray maghrib do you think that's a good idea or is it something that you should be praying together or let the kids do what they want to do what do you think about this idea Uh,
6: every situation is different for every family it depends how your children are um you know what time your husband comes home from work, you know, sometimes the husband's great at work or at the mosque and not Uh, live in the home, right? But when they are at home, um, my kids love praying with their father. (laughs) You know, they stand behind him and they're excited about it. So they love it. Um, And when they're younger, like baby infants and they're crying and, you know, obviously just a few months old, then I do like I used to hand um, the baby off to my husband and I would go pray and then you know, then he would give the baby vaccine and he would pray. Um, so, yeah, and then if I notice that, you know, he's praying and the kids are going crazy, then I kind of <laughs> have to go in there, and remind the kids, you know, you have to be quiet, daddy's praying, and and then he does that with me as well If I'm, you know, praying, and, and the kids are just absolutely nuts, and then he knows. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, you know, we let the kids come into the room and they know not to come in front of us, not to put... You know, stuffed animals and stuff like that in front of us. So, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah they, Alhamdulillah, they the good, yeah. <laughs> good. Alhamdulillah, very good. Well, uh, hopefully, inshallah, that will help a lot of mothers out there mm-hmm. who might be stressing out, pulling out the hair, uh, wondering what to do. And of course, everyone's going to have um, their own kind of tips as well. So, guys, if you have got any tips of your own, head on over to Uh You can head to the contact form, inshallah, or leave us a, a comment on the show notes or tweet us at mydeinspiration and let us know your tips as well. Well, thank you so much, Sister Sumera, And before you go, one more time, inshallah, if you can let everyone else, everybody else out there, sorry, know um, where they can find you, uh, more about your blog, if they want to ask for more help, um, and that will be fantastic, inshallah.
6: For sure. So, my blog is the Musoma Mommy. So, that's Musoma with an H at the end, Mami uh, with an O <laughs> dot com. I'm also on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Facebook and as well as on Instagram. All the links to my social media are on my blog. Um, and I just want to thank you, brother, for inviting me to the show. Uh, may Allah reward you what you're I mean. doing um, and inshallah these tips and all the other
1: tips featured in your e-book will help our Ummah, inshallah likewise inshallah and inshallah we'll have you back on the podcast maybe in the future uh, a little secret for those listening there is uh, an idea for our inspiration sisters version so keep that in mind mm-hmm. <laughs> we we'll might have you back on that inshallah that's great well inshallah speak soon assalamualaikum wa Okay, guys, that is us done. Wow. Now, how epic was that episode? Six guests and one show talking to different audiences, all dropping some amazing tips for you guys. So cool, mashallah. Now, if you did enjoy today's episode, again, I would love to hear from you guys. Like I said before, an iTunes review really does help. So if you're an iTunes user or iPhone user, please do head on over to iTunes, inshallah, on the podcast page. Give us that amazing five-star review and inshallah, I'll be here to read out your review in a future episode. They are all read okay they're not ignored i promise and if you're an android user you can jump onto stitcher which is an app for audio and podcasts as well which is s-t-i-t-c-h-e-r stitcher and again just jump onto the main podcast page and you can leave a review there don't forget guys, I've mentioned a number of links today and the guests have too. Just jump to deinspiration.com forward slash episode 4 for a summary of this entire episode with all the links. Uh, you can click and go straight to what I've mentioned before with regards to the reviews or the website um, and also to get connected with our guest today inshallah. Well, that's it from me, stay tuned for some more podcasts coming up inshallah and some free content. Stay subscribed, stay awesome, stay blessed and don't be shy, you can connect with us as well. Drop a tweet, uh, I'm always on Twitter, at mydeinspiration or connect on Facebook which is just facebook.com slash deenspiration. Until next time. I've been your host Osman, and I can't wait to have you back in the next episode. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. <laughs>